You are Locked On Razorbacks, your daily podcast on the Arkansas Razorbacks, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. And welcome into the Locked On Razorbacks podcast. I am your host, John Neighbors. I am also the host of Out of Bounds. You can catch every weekday afternoon from 1 to 4 on 1037thebuzz and 1037thebuzz.com. Hope everybody's having a wonderful Thursday, getting ready for Arkansas and Ole Miss this weekend. And uh, we're going to have Brett Good, former Razorback deep snapper, as well as a former NFL Super Bowl champion with the Green Bay Packers, going to be joining us to talk a little bit about the special teams and everything going on there. But, uh, you know, with Arkansas and Ole Miss playing this weekend, I uh, started looking at just uh, everything. You know, we, we, we talked already about the series and we've talked about the matchups of the offenses and defenses and all that. And, you know, I kind of wanted to look at the the coaching matchup simply from the standpoint of Sam Pivot and Lane Kiffin, more specifically, even though if we're talking about the staffs, assistant coaching staffs, there's no doubt in my mind that Arkansas has a much better coaching staff across the board than what Ole Miss has. But it is about the head coaches at the end of the day, whether or not uh, the success of the team hinges on whatever it is they can do or that they can't do. It all comes down to them. And I started thinking about just the importance of this game for both coaches and what it would mean for both coaches. And I feel like I still have Arkansas winning this game. I'm still going to predict them to win. But I believe that the pressure as far as who has more on them to win this game is Lane Kiffin. Arkansas has a higher ranking. Arkansas has been a better football team. Arkansas has been a darling of college football as of right now. But the pressure is all on Lane Kiffin and Ole Miss to win this game. Because one thing that Sam Pittman has done a really good job of compared to what other coaches, in this particular case Lane Kiffin, is he hasn't come in and promised anything or done anything wild and crazy to draw attention to the program or to draw attention to something that's besides success on the field. Because when attention is drawn to you as a football program or as a coach, expectations are elevated even more. And I'm not even talking about, you know, a coach coming in saying, oh, we're going to do this, we're going to do that. I'm just talking about, for instance, in this case, Wayne Kiffin and his Twitter account. And, you know, being goofy on Twitter and saying goofy things and talking about, you know, Nick Saban being our father and stuff like just kind of goofy stuff and being subtle in the things that he does and how he you know does stuff on social media and all that. Like when you draw attention to yourself in that regard, and especially because Lane Kiffin, for some reason, everyone loves this guy, even though he's been like Mike Wilbon says, he's been an embarrassment everywhere he's been. I don't know if he's been an embarrassment. I don't know if I'd go that far, but he has certainly had his. Uh, run-ins with uh, particular cases, but when all that attention is brought to you because of what you're bringing, that is going to make everybody say, okay, you're doing this goofy stuff, you're getting everyone to talk about you, now you have to deliver. And so far, Wayne Kiffin's done an okay job at Ole Miss, but he has yet to deliver consistently, or at least to the expectation of what everyone has for him. Sam Pittman, on the other hand, Hasn't done anything like that. Sam Pittman just walked in and gone to work. He hadn't done anything crazy to draw attention to himself or to his program. That's not his style, nor should it be. All he's wanted to do is just come in and coach football. He wanted to come in, get his guys ready, put together a staff, and coach football. With that, Arkansas is always being rooted for 
by people outside the state because of Sam Pittman's likability and also the type of program that he's running, where it doesn't draw attention to itself. The attention it draws to itself is what it does on the field, and that's what good programs do. They don't worry about what's going on outside of it. They just worry about what's going on on the field. And it's been different because Lane Kiffin, on this, and again, since we're talking about him, he hasn't necessarily done that just yet. So in this game, in this particular matchup, Razorback fans, of course, want to win, expect to win. They're going to be very disappointed if they don't win. But if Sam Pittman in Arkansas was to lose this game, it would be kind of like, dang, you know, I'd say it's, you're, still, you're still in good shape. You're still doing good things. You're making progress. You're still going to win more of your SEC games and you're going to lose this year. Ole Miss is just a tough team and offensively they're good and it was at home and all that. Like, that's going to be more of the narrative. Not that Arkansas is a bad team or that they got exposed or that they're overrated. It's just going to be, hey, that's just the way in the SEC, especially when teams are very close when it comes to how good they are. But if Ole Miss and Lane Kiffin lose this game, people are going to start coming out and being like, okay, Lane. All right, when, 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 I thought you were supposed to be better than this. You're supposed to be a better football team than this. You're supposed to be able to beat an Arkansas team at home, especially an Arkansas team that's talent-wise not, not any better than you are. You're supposed to win this game. What's going on? Stop with the antics. Stop with the tweets. Stop with all this nonsense. You need to go out there and you need to perform. That's what's going to happen. And so when you look at it from that perspective, the pressure is all on Lane Kiffin, not on Sam Pittman. But... We all know that Sam Pittman and Arkansas are going to do whatever they can to win this game. Pressure is going to be pressure no matter what. But I think that the narrative will be a lot different depending on which coach ends up winning this game and which coach ends up losing this game. We'll talk with Brett Good here in just a second. But guys, I know there are a few things in life that just aren't fun to talk about. And one of them is excessive sweating. You know, when you're sweating through your shirts for no reason, it's really embarrassing. It looks like you just went through a car wash. And while everybody else is just looking fine and looking good, you got all your sweat stains. It's it's bad. So you need something to help you out. Sweat block is stronger and more effective than most clinical antiperspirants. That's what it's all about. It's simply apply it before nighttime, before bedtime and go to bed. And then the next morning, you wake up, you wash, you go about your day without worrying about a sweat. And that's guaranteed. And you can use it with their sweat block antiperspirant ripes. They have actual deodorant as well. They have it all the different items that you can try out. I know it sounds too good to be true, but you can literally put it on once. It takes care of business. No, no more putting out. No more picking your shirts based on which one will hide the sweat better. If you or someone you know is dealing with this, though, check out Sweatblock. Get it today for 20% off at Sweatblock.com using promo code LOCKEDON or at Amazon and CVS. Again, Sweatblock.com, promo code LOCKEDON for 20% off of Sweatblock. You are Locked On Razorbacks, your daily Arkansas Razorbacks podcast. All right, we're going to be joined by Brett Good, former Razorback Deep Snapper, here in just a second. But this episode is brought to you by rockauto.com. With the ever-increasing number of makes and models, it's now impossible for your local chain auto parts store to stock all the car parts you'll ever need. So why endure often pointless and seamless intimidating questioning to everybody when you just go to rockauto.com and save time and money when using it? You, It's a family-owned business, and it's been serving do-it-yourselfers for 20 years and the prices are reliably low for every single customer. Go and explore their easy-to-use website today to find a solution for all your auto part needs. If you go to rockauto.com right now and see all the parts available for your car or truck, be sure to write Locked On in the How Did You Hear About Us box so that they know that we sent you. Amazing selection, reliably low prices, and all the car parts you'll ever need at rockauto.com. 
Right now, let's go to the phone lines. We're joined by former Razorback deep snapper and NFL champion with the Super Bowl Packers, Brett Good. Talk a little special teams with him. Brett, appreciate you joining us this afternoon, man. How you doing? I'm doing pretty good. Thanks for having me on. Absolutely. And, and, you know, I know you're a guy that knows his special teams, and I'm sure you've been asked this question a lot when it comes to this season and even partly last season uh, with Razorback fans of, why the special teams are struggling, why they seem to have so many problems. When you watch this Razorback football team, what's your synopsis? What do you, what do you look at and see with the special teams and why they haven't really been able to get it put together consistently under Sam Pittman so far? Well, first of all, special teams are so hard because you're taking guys from offense, defense, and you're putting them together in positions that a lot of them never played high school at. You know, Nobody grows up playing special teams. You're kind of throwing in there. A little bit in college and the NFL, you have to play unless you're a starting quarterback. So, you know, it's a learning position, and, and the guys are hungry to go out there. You can see that they're trying to get better, and we'll have a couple of good weeks, and then we'll have a step back. And, and that was the case there in the Georgia game. You know, Georgia kind of schemed off of us, which most teams are going to do, and they, they got a, you know, a sign. We, we, we call it a sign that they, they either went off the snapper, they went off the, the hand gesture, um, but they're, they're basically timing that up and running that guy downhill to be able to free him up to make the block. And so, you know, when you're counting on pump protection, you're, you're, it's just numbers. You know, it's, it's a math number. You're counting numbers, and you got bodies to block everybody, and that just happened to, you know, be a perfect timing situation. And so what they need to do is they have to correct on that because now you're going to have teams the rest of the year. One of them's going to try that, and they're going to try something similar to that with a little wrinkle in it um, to try and get another pump block because now we've given up two. Overall, long snapping seems to be good uh, for punting and kicking, but as we know with kicking, all those guys have to work in conjunction with the snapper, holder, kicker. Is there anything that you're seeing there that needs to be improved upon? Everything looks good. I mean, the operation, the speed time, everything looks pretty good. Um, obviously, when you get a, you know, a certain amount of people in the box, you'd like the operation to speed up. And, and when I say the operation to speed up, that's not on anybody but the punter. It, trying to get just a little bit faster. But you don't want to overdo it because it, it, the guy speeds up and the ball's not dropping in the right direction. You know, you're going to have a bad punt, and then you're going to really hurt yourself in field position. So you don't want to do anything out of the norm. You just kind of want to just speed up a hair. But right now, everybody looks good. That You know, on the field operation, the snaps are good. The kicks are good. Um, the, the kick last week just looked like he, his target was off. It didn't look like a terrible kick. You know, you, you see a lot of these guys, that are, when they start struggling, that ball's not going end over end. It's kind of going sideways, and it's hooking a lot more. Um, so his ball flight's good, and that, that's a positive. I've seen a lot of guys over the years that, you know, if their ball flight's good, that, that everything is, is right on, just a little bit off on the, on the target. And, and those, that little bit is, is so small, it's hard to even explain, um, you know, trying to get those guys because it, it, everything's happening so fast. And when you're off just a little bit, it, it can be a miss. But, the biggest thing for those guys is just keep it up, keep that confidence up, and just keep you know keep their procedure, keep everything the same. Don't change anything. We don't have to reinvent the wheel here. You know, every a miss kick and a block kick. So we just need to fix those things and and, and work on that as we move in throughout the season. You know, Brett, one of the things that I've noticed that Arkansas does, and I think a few other teams do it too, is it seems like when they're lining up on punts, for instance. They're, they're snapping it at such a, an extreme angle. It's not like just a, a straight-back thing. It's almost like you got uh, the punter that's one off from the snapper, and then you have the guys fielding uh, uh, in front of them as far as the umpacks go. Is that a common thing, and what do you make of that? Like, What advantages uh, can that give you? Because I've never really seen that much until this year I started watching Arkansas and punt team. 
It's very common in collegiate football. You know, in the NFL, only the two outside guys can go until the ball's kicked. Everybody else has got to stay in and protect. In college, everybody can take off running. But you still got to account for the people on the other side trying to rush the punt. So what they're trying to do is the snapper doesn't necessarily have to go to his left every time. You can extend that guy. The snapper can kind of offset his feet a little bit and get that ball over there. And then as your punter, he can get behind that wall and basically take the field and cut it into thirds. And you're trying to get the ball over in the corner to allow your coverage unit to kind of huddle the guy into a little bitty ball instead of having to cover the whole you know, field, which is, what, 53 yards across. You're trying to cover 25 yards or, or less. And in that little market there, it's supposed to allow you statistically to have better net punting. And I think for the most part, the teams that are really successful at it, you, you do well. And then every now and then, you, you know, you pump the opposite side of the field and you get a little bit of a roll and not let the returner get it. But it, it takes a lot of practice. It takes, you know, throughout the week, you're not spending 30 minutes of a period on punt protection. Like, you know, an offense is going to spend multiple series of that on, on offensive protections and everything else. You know, so you've got to hone in on that and do a lot of film study. And unfortunately, Georgia, you know, they just did a great film job. They, they really got after us. And they were to find something that we had a flaw in. And so we've got to correct it and we've got to move forward. Again, we don't need to reinvent our, our punt formation. And I don't think Coach Hines is going to do that. I think he's, you know, it's a real simple fix. It's a lot of communication along the lines. we got to say, hey, you know, there's somebody coming and your buddy. You know, you've got to sometimes just take two. I know you're supposed to block one guy, but sometimes you got to take two. And, and sometimes a holding call is, is better than a block punt. And, you know, we go back and repunt. Overall, Brett, how hard is it to make your way going to the next level? Because as a long snapper, a lot of these guys have long careers. So now you're going, you're in competition of a guy who's been there for a long time. And then what's the key to success as far as holding on to that position and, and being a successful long snapper for a long time? Well, it, it is tough because there's a lot of good college snappers that come out every year, and a lot of them don't even you know really get an opportunity. And the ones that do – it's an uphill battle. So like you said, you find a guy that's in the locker room, a good locker room guy that is consistent. Um, he, he's there every day. You know, he does all the right things, and he performs on the field, which is most importantly, it's hard to, to get that guy away. And, and some, sometimes you can't even get that guy away. You know, I was able to do it for 10 years. I only had competition inside the building, uh, I think, three of those years. But you're always competing. So every Tuesday, you know, we had guys coming in, we had snappers come in. So you know there's always that opportunity that if you do screw up that you're going to re- be replaced. So it's not necessarily in competition in season. But uh, it's just one of those things you, you've got to keep your head into it. Sometimes it takes guys two or three years. Um, I know some, uh, a guy right now playing that in the NFL, he's been out for two years. You know, he played in the NFL, then got out for two years, and now he's playing again. So it's it just kind of goes all across the board, and you just want to be consistent. You want to do the best you can, and, and being a good locker room guy is, is a good plus to kind of get a step ahead of somebody coming in because everybody on the team knows you. We'll continue our discussion with Brett Good here in just a second, but first, back and better than ever, all eyes are on the gridiron as teams are back on for another football season. And as always, Bet Online is your number one spot for all the pro and college football action this season. With a new updated site and interface, even more odds, props, and contests, Bet Auto continues to be the number one source for everything football. So if you head to the website or use your mobile device to sign up today to receive 50% off your welcome bonus using your first deposit, don't forget to use the promo code Locked On to receive your bonus. From football, basketball, boxing, right to your favorite Vegas casino games, don't wait to take advantage of the amazing offers available for the 2021 season. Bet Online is the fastest and easiest way to bet on all your favorite sports. Check out betonline.ag where the game starts. <laughs> 
You are Locked On Razorbacks, your daily Arkansas Razorbacks podcast. Speaking with Brett Good, a former Razorback and NFL deep snapper here on Out of Bounds, 103.7 The Buzz. You know, Brett, as far as you know, your career in the NFL, and you got a Super Bowl ring, so obviously uh, you had a lot of fun. It was very successful there as well. But like looking at your career, was it something that when you were coming out of college or in college, you're like, okay, I can do this deep snapping thing and I can take it to the next level? Was it something that maybe you just worked on and thought about developing? Like, How did you become a deep snapper? How does one become a deep snapper in the NFL? Honestly, after that game, the Capital One Bowl there in Florida when we played Wisconsin, I thought that was my last game. You know, I, I didn't even realize until a week later, whenever I got invited to the Senior Bowl, that there was an opportunity to move on. Um, we didn't have a lot of rankings for snappers in. Now there's there's a lot more. There's actually an award now um, for the best college long snappers. So things are progressing in the right direction for that to try and give some guys some more opportunities. Um, so I, I didn't know until I go down there in Mobile and you're standing in front of a bunch of NFL scouts and with all these seniors down there. You know, that's when it kind of started sinking in a little bit. But, again, you really don't – it doesn't sink in until that, that Monday night football game, my first game. You know, you went to training camp, and it, there's some surreal moments to that process, but you know it's not game time. You know that there's always, a, you know, a possibility that you're going to get released. Um, and you're not going out there thinking about it. You, just, you see guys getting released. So, like, it's a real deal. Um, but when that Monday night football rolled around and that was my first game, and you're like, okay, this is, this is really, a, you know – this is going to be a good ride. And then at that point, you just hang on. You know, you try and do everything you ride along the way. You don't really want to be in the media spotlight um, for doing anything bad or, you know, getting in trouble like that. And so you just you try and be a good teammate, and, and you got to perform on Sundays and, and make yourself aware of your surroundings and make your teammates know that they can trust you when it comes down to that last second kick. Brett, Lorenzo Robinson says to tell you hi. But also, um, as far as being a backup long snapper, who gets that job? Is that somebody that has experience, or is it somebody that just goes to the team and says, hey, I want to do this, I want to try it, because we've seen situations where a long snapper has gotten hurt and everything fell apart, and basically you were almost at a, at a point where you couldn't kick field goals, and then if you had to punt, if you had short yardage, you were more likely to go for it because you don't have anybody that has that skill set. You know, it's all right. I'm laughing because – when I started, there was only 45 people addressed on a Sunday, and then we moved it to 46. So it was a lineman, a tight end. We, we even had a, a couple of receivers that tried it. Um, but we get to a game, and, and there's a couple of times where, you know, you get banged up, and they just they immediately walk over to you and you go, you better not be hurt. I'm not going in there. I don't want to do it. And so there's and there's some other words exchanged in that moment. So <laughs> they don't want to really go out there in that pressure situation in the game. It, it's fun to goof around and practice, but – when it really counts, you know, they don't really want to be in there. And so we always laughed. And I was like, don't worry. I said, you know, they have to carry me off on a stretcher if I was actually active before I would walk off. And that's what I did, you know, when I tore my hamstring. Um, I still snapped. We basically said, hey, I can do it in this position. I'm not going to be able to move the block. And we were, we were able to do that. And the same thing, you know, my ACL, uh, I did that in the first quarter, and I didn't even tell anybody. Um, so it's just one of those things you, you don't even want to act like you're hurt because you don't want to come off the field because, you know, age and injury, those are the two biggest factors that kind of get you replaced as well. And so you want to try and be out there and be accountable every time, every second that you can. So it's uh, it's a position that nobody really wants until it happens. And then when they actually go out there, they, they don't want to do it. And they were struggling in practice. And they just, they, they'd rather that you go out there and, and kind of adjust on the punt team or the field goal block team. Um, then have an offensive lineman or somebody go out there. Just because you also have the timing of factors that 
you know, you're getting a field goal off in 1.3 seconds or less. You know, that guy's he's just not used to that. He, when I say he practices, he might get two or three reps a week. And so, you know, we're doing it nonstop with those guys. And so the rhythm of the kicker and everything else, that's why you, a lot of times they end up just going for it. And because you've got better odds of getting that first down or getting a, a score than you do punting or kicking a field goal. You know, Brett, uh, you were talking about how, you know, once you got to the senior bowl, it started to seem like it could be a reality that you could go to the next level. And uh, you were undrafted, but you got signed by the Jacksonville Jaguars in 07. What was that like? What was that phone call like where, you know, you thought maybe you had a chance, you thought you could get there, but when you finally got the call and got signed by an NFL team, what was that feeling like? It was magical. I mean, you're getting a phone call like, you know, mine was immediately after the draft. We already had everything set up. They gave me a $5,000 signing bonus. Um, And as a kid who just came out of college, you're like, man, this is awesome. Like, I actually have an opportunity to go down here. And you do. I mean, it's a legitimate opportunity. You're going to go be a part of the 90 men. They're invited, and you just go down there and, you know, work your butt off. And so that's what you, you, got. you just go down and you try and soak it all in, you know, because you're, you're around a lot of people that you now went from seeing on TV and the pros when you're in college to being a teammate at the time. And so, you know, you're just trying to learn um, when you first walk in. You know, even like little things, you learn along the way, but like team meeting room. You know, I walk in there and just sit down, and all of a sudden these guys come in and say, hey, it's my seat. You know, so as a, as a veteran, you know, you get a lot of perks. As a rookie, you don't get any perks. So you kind of you learn to adjust when you go to meetings and planes and everything else. But you kind of wait for the veterans sit down, and then you go find yourself an open seat at that point. There's just a lot of little things like that that you learn and move on along the way. Brett Aaron Rodgers is a guy that's still playing right now. But when you got to the Packers, they were kind of in that transition of moving on from Brett Favre to Aaron Rodgers. So, what was that situation like when you made it to the Packers? That was everything kind of went so fast. So I got there, you know, after training camp, um, and they Brett Favre just got traded to the Jets, and I, I've watched all this on TV. But their guy got hurt in the last preseason game. And I said their guy, the snapper, got hurt in the last preseason game. So I was up there trying out with two other guys. Um, so when they told me I had the job, you know, the next Monday was Monday Night Football. And so that was such a quick week because not only am I in a brand new city that I don't know anybody. You're, you're trying to find a place to live because you're, you're ready to get out of the hotel. You're trying to make sure you get clothes because you only pack for three days. And then, you know, you're trying to learn on all that. You're trying to learn everything that you need to learn for the, the punch team and, and just basically how to be a part of the team, you know, do it, do it the Packer way and just go, go about business. And so the Aaron and, and all those guys were so great at, at taking you in. And most teams are, you know, even in college, you talk about Zoe there. I mean, everybody – is friendly. You know, you come in and you're respectful. Everybody's friendly. And you end up building those long-term relationships, and that's what happened with Aaron. You know, he came over and introduced himself, and then everything just kind of grew from there. And so it just became a magical moment because you know you're sitting there getting to play Monday Night Football, and all the cameras are on him because it's his first start with Brett Favre not there. And, and then you get to go have a victory on Monday Night, and it's just a magical moment. And now you fast forward to Aaron Rodgers now with the Packers, which I know you're friends with them and everything, and I'm sure you've been asked about it a lot. But obviously been in a lot of headlines in this offseason about will he move on, will he play. Uh, what do you make of the current situation with Aaron Rodgers and the Green Bay Packers? And Because the guy's still incredible. He won MVP last year. He's still one of the best quarterbacks in the league right now. But what do you make of his current situation and the future with him with the Packers? I think the future will play itself out. I think right now winning cures everything. And I think as long as he continues to perform at the level he's doing, you know, it's going to be hard. He's going to make them – the Packers have to make a really tough decision. You know, the thing about it, Brett, when Brett was contemplating retirement and very actively, like not coming 
a lot of things saying he's going to retire. You know, Aaron, for the most part, other than this offseason, you know, has always wanted to finish his career in Green Bay. And in this offseason, there was just some, some personal business stuff that needed to get, you know, taken care of. But right now, I mean, you can see what he does for the Packers. You know, they're week in and week out. They're, they're in every ball game. They have a chance to win every ball game because of Aaron. And so you have to make that decision at what point do we need to move on to the guy that we drafted because we still have to pay him. And, and now they're getting up, you know, his, his love's contract keeps going. They've got to figure out are they going to trade him or release him because he hasn't had a whole lot of opportunity to perform in the field. So his trade value is not really great uh, because a lot of people, they don't take, you know, a ton of credit on these preseason games of saying this guy's going to be the next, you know, Hall of Fame quarterback. So I think right now for them, all that's kind of out the the window. Now it's about trying to win a championship, you know, trying to bring another championship to Green Bay. I know for his legacy, he wants to win another championship. And, you know, they've got a legitimate opportunity. They're coming off two back-to-back NFC title games where they've gotten beaten. So, you know, there's a sour taste in their mouth, and I think they're going to try and correct it. But they've got an uphill battle because, you know, it's, it's not easy to win, and you're not, you're not guaranteed to make it back to the SEC championship game again. So, moving forward, they'll just take it week to week. It's a long season, and you just want to be healthy and have, have a chance at the end. Ultimately, it seems like it's going to be Aaron Rodgers' decision, though, because you would think that the Packers, they do see how important he is, and they don't want to necessarily move on from him, but it's going to depend on what he wants to do. So, it seems like anything short of a Super Bowl championship this year then Aaron Rodgers probably wants to move on. Do you see a situation where he does want to stick around and, and just continue his career and end his career with the Packers? He's always been very public that he wanted to end his career with the Packers, um, like I said, until this year. So it's such a it's such a hard question because if they do lose, you know, then you start looking at teams and, and you don't want to go to a team that doesn't have a chance to even make the playoffs. You know, you're, you're looking at teams that you have a chance to have a legitimate chance to win the Super Bowl. And so Green Bay is always going to be one of those teams right now. You know, they're still a hot team. They've got a lot of offensive firepower. Um, their defense is growing and, and maturing and getting better. And so why would you not throw them in the mix as well? So it, it's a thing that it's really hard. I think it's going to be a crazy offseason. I think that there's going to be a lot of things happen across all of the NFL like it does, you know, every year. Um, you know, obviously the coaches getting fired and players moving. So it is his decision, but it's also not. You know, the, the organization does have the, the ultimate end say on that. Um, but I think both ends will try and do it as professionally as possible, and whatever happens will happen. But I think right now I, nobody's thinking about that. They're not, they're not really thinking about, hey, what's going to happen next year? They're all about in the moment. and What can we do right now to try and win a championship? Well, Brett, before we let you get out of here, man, obviously I know you're not deep snapping in the NFL anymore, so what have you been up to? What's what's the life of Brett Good showing out right now, and what's been going on? Well, it's been good. I got into the employee benefit field, and so it's kind of been an uphill battle as well on that, but I really like it, and it's been a, been a good learning experience, especially the first year. Last year was really good because you couldn't get anywhere with COVID, and so now things have kind of opened up a lot more, and they're moving in the right direction. You take the same approach, you know, that it was able to me kept me in the NFL for ten years. You know, same work ethic. I'm just taking it to this, and so I'm doing that every day, and then chasing the kiddos. Little son started flag football, and my daughter's doing some tap dancing. So we've we've got our hands full, but um, it, it's a fun experience, and and look forward to the future with it. Well, Brett, man, we really appreciate you joining us. Great stuff, great insights, and uh, obviously uh, good luck to you the rest of the way, man, and everything that's going on here with your life. Appreciate you coming on. Sounds good. I appreciate it. Anytime. 
Well, appreciate everybody listening in to Locked On Razorbacks podcast. Be sure to like and subscribe to the podcast on iTunes or on Google Play. You can also get after me on Twitter at BuzzJohnNeighbors for any questions, comments, concerns that you may have. We'll keep it going from there. Same podcast time, same podcast channel tomorrow afternoon. Have a great day, everybody. We'll see you then. You are Locked On Razorbacks, your daily Arkansas Razorbacks podcast. 